Does it matter? It's the Sportszilla Show with Rain and Matt on ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. Does it matter? We can already tell that uh, the glue guy, Matt Page, is not in here with us today. Nick Ailes, that's segment two, Nick. What are you talking about? You're killing me, Smalls. It looks like we're going to the fourth segment right off the top. Um, we usually have one of those really weird, goofy opens. Ooh, do you want me to play another one? No, 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 no. I'm good with that, man. Let's get going. It's, a, right. mo- it's a Monday. It's right. it's a Monday. I'm not mad at you, bro, because you wore the shirt. Nick L's on the ones and twos today. Matt Page, the glue guy, not with us today. Spencer Davidson, you're going to see a direct shot if you're a Q Sports Talk on Twitch.tv, is with us. Got a Ranger sticker on his laptop. I don't know if you can see that. Can you show that to the cameras? Yeah. Show that to everybody. I don't know if that's. Yeah, there you go. It'll take a second to catch up. It's on a slight delay. We spent a lot of time in there in the commercial break, Spencer, just so I can bring you up to speed. I made you do that and you knocked your paperwork over. I knocked over. my papers over. I mean, <clears throat> look, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little self-conscious about my sticker placement on my uh, on my laptop mm-hmm. here. Uh, so I don't know. What do you think? Do you think I feel like it's a little disorganized? I, I, I've I've laid it out so that I can be, you know, I, I have space for more stickers, but uh it's my first foray into putting stickers on a laptop. Normally, I don't like to have permanent things. Well, I'm going to be perfectly honest, perfectly honest with you. I'm um, anal retentive and a little bit ADD, and it is not symmetrical. Right. So, yes, it bothers no, it, me. It, it bothers me, too. But if, Could uh, you move it over a little I've, to the right so I don't have I've, to look at it for the rest of the show? <laughs> I've, com- I've committed to it, and so now I need to find some more, more stickers to add to this. So, you guys have any uh any like ESPN uh, Utica Rome Syracuse uh, stickers? We do, and when we, I'll get you one. Right, we'll have perfect. it on there during the first commercial break. More cine- symmetrical, if yeah. you remind me, because it's not on the teleprompter, which is like what I call my show map. Right. Hand you guys a copy of that because <laughs> I go burgundy on you. I'm, I'm telling you, I'll go straight up around burgundy. I'll just read what's on the teleprompter. Otherwise, you got to remind yeah. me. Nick L. Spencer Davidson. I'm Rain. This is Sports Illustrated Show on ESPN Radio. Happy to get started on a Monday. We're going to talk some Yankees, so I want to remind everybody, if we do, any and all Yankees coverage brought to you by William Matar. Hurt in a car, call William Matar, 444-4444. Yankees on deck, by the way, will be back on Friday. That is something that I co-host. Matt will be back in at that point in time. We're expecting to see him tomorrow. So this is where we usually lay out a game plan. I'm going to get to that really quick, but I want you to know it's going to be a celebration of women in a sense. We've got two Lovely ladies that will be joining us, one in our number one and one in our number two. And uh, some of it is going to be hockey related. And and one of them was a gift for you, Spencer. (laughs) I mean, I I don't think it's a secret. Anybody that knows me knows that I love hockey. And and we have uh, Molly Walker from the New York Post coming up later in in our number two and talking Rangers and Islanders. And anybody that knows me knows what a big Rangers fan I am. So that should be... uh, you know, quite exciting to talk to her and get her expertise on the blue shirts who are surging a little bit here, but uh, still chasing the uh, Boston Bruins for that fourth and final spot in the East Division this year. Fingers crossed. Fingers as a, crossed. As man. a fellow Rangers fan, you are also a state hockey champion, by the way. You know what? We're going to leave it to everybody to Google. They got to Google, right? Yeah, yeah. You can do the Google. Go Google. Spencer Davidson, man, good hockey player. You still, you played last night too? Uh, Saturday night, yeah, in my, in my adult league. Uh, we, you know, I, I, Michael T's little shout out. I'm on the, the Michael T's team. Uh, we we lost, but uh, but it, it, was a, it was a fun year. Um, not ready for it to end. Anytime hockey season ends. Not ready for it to go. Is it fair to say you're not in the same shape that you were when you won a state championship? <laughs> it is <laughs> more than fair to say. I mean, more than fair. You know, I used to be able to play an entire hockey game, play a second game later that day, and um, 
I'm pretty beat after the first period now, and uh, it's 15 minutes of running time in the first period. So, uh, yeah, I definitely need a better off-season program if I'm going to have more stamina for uh, for next men's league season. I'm glad you're here with us today, but I'm, I hope I don't insult you or hurt your feelings when I tell you that the best shirt of the day goes to Nick Ailes. Yeah, no, I agree. You're killing me, Smalls. So here's what we're going to do. Does it matter? It will officially hit your, hit your airwaves in just a second. Bad Beats, our version of Bad Beats. That's an homage to SVP. We play What Are the Odds or Odds Makers, and it's weird. On Tuesdays and Thursdays, Spencer's usually on the phone to do that with us. Today, you're going to be participating directly in the studio. Nicole Menner, as I had alluded to, celebrating some women in sports today. She's the sports director, something you do with WKTV, with WBNG in Binghamton. And it's interesting because, let me just say, if you're a Syracuse Crunch fan, for example, because we're going Uticus with her, you might be playing a new organization where there's rumors and then they're percolating a little bit and then there's a little smoke and maybe there's a little fire now and we're still in a season. So nothing will be official for a while, but you start to go, hmm, I wonder what's in the works. So this applies, though, directly to the Utica Comets, who back in the day, initially their AHL team was the Utica Devils. Hmm. And there's some stuff out there in the public record that Nicole did some investigating, and now it's even being covered all the way out in Vancouver. So it's interesting. It could tweak the rivalry, which actually I bring it up because Empire Recycling Galaxy Cup game number seven between the Comets and the Crunch is at seven o'clock tonight. Crunch fans will listen to it right here on ESPN Radio in Syracuse, 97.7 and 100.1. And our Utica Rome listeners at 96.5 FM will get it over on 94.9. The brother station, K-Rock, of course, will have the game. So that's interesting. Uh, let me get to the second lady that will join us, as you alluded to, Molly Walker with the New York Post. We'll talk some Rangers with her, but she's in the newsroom. What are they talking about with the Yankees? What are they talking about with the Giants? What are they talking about with the Knicks? She hears these things. She's privy to these conversations. Uh, she's been on with us before also, so I can't wait to talk to her. Uh, that being said, your Kill Me Smalls will hit you at about 2.45. That is our sports festivus or airing of the grievances. We'll get a little sound check going in the second hour at 3 o'clock. And I would also like to highlight Mike McAllister will be joining us to play Masters of the Obvious. He's going to tell us what we obviously need to know about, need to know about Jim and Jimmy Bayheim. Uh, and the fact that he's transferring and just the cesspool of Twitter real gin, didn't it? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's like with any, with any sport, with any team, uh, anytime there's any type of news surrounding a team, you know, there's going to be overreactions, mm-hmm. you know, there's going to be reactions, but there's, there's going to be overreactions. And I think what we're seeing out of Syracuse right now, uh, regarding Jim Bayheim and, and Jimmy joining the fold peak Bayheim peak Bayheim. Um, you know, it's just, Overreactions, you know, galore right now uh, coming out of Orange Nation. Bayheim to Bayheim, uh oh, and Bayheim pulled both Bayheims out of the game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's going to make for some awkward uh, family dinners. I think the analyzation, the overanalyzation <laughs> of that aspect of it, and then of course the the problem is when they have to go home and deal with Julie Bayheim. Jim's going to get it over how he treats the boys. Oh yeah, you know that's going to happen. Yep. Also, Jim and Julie Bayheim Foundation, you've been seeing quite a bit about that. Their basketball is this weekend. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. We talked to Nico Tamarine about that. He's going to join us again a little bit later this week. I know that uh, you rap with Nico from time to time. You're kind of like the Nico Tamarine of the Utica Rome market. You know what I'm saying? And that's no disrespect to any other sports casters or directors in central New York, but... Yeah, we could see the equivalency there, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I want to compare myself to the great Nico Tamarian because, uh, you know, I think he's, he's, you know, been at the game longer than I have, and he's earned his stripes more than I have, and 
Um, but he's, you know, a great guy to work with all the time. And, uh, you know, I just try to be the best, uh, you know, that I could be here. Um, you know, obviously a community that I, that like Nico in Syracuse, I grew up in, in this, you know, Utica Rome community. So, um, you know, just trying to do the best I can to, to serve the community in their sports. Two weeks ago, we did not invite him on the Sports Hill show here on ESPN Radio. No, he called you out. And he called us out. He He's called a, you out. I saw that. So he'll be back. I was ready on. to jump in on that one. I don't know. I don't know who I would have defended, though. I don't know whose side I would have taken. I mean, I, I like both you guys. I don't know. But uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure which way I would have gone with that, because I know that Nico's a pretty good guest. Jump in next time. Yeah. Stir it up, man. Stir I, it up. I just like to throw gifts around. I'm going to have Nick Ailes. You ready for me, buddy? Uh, play that Does It Matter again. Let's make it official Let's this time. Let's do it correctly this time. You're going <laughs> to fill in and play Matt. Does It Matter? It's the SportsZilla Show with Rain and Matt on ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash Talk. Does it matter? We're going to answer some questions from Nick Ailes. So what do you got for us today, bud? All right, we'll start off. Uh, does it matter that Yankees GM Brian Cashman had a Zoom call at 12.30 today to discuss, I don't know, anything that's going on? I didn't listen. I am going to say, and I read some quotes, yeah, it matters. If the GM, it, it, Spencer, you said this to me before, if the GM's taking a Zoom call and the team is playing terribly, so badly, actually, they're the worst team in the American League right now, that's not an opinion, that's a fact, then uh, there's some problems. Uh, leads to a lot of, I would beg the question. I guess it does beg a lot of questions, uh, but we'll start there because this, this means that he's laser focused. If you're winning some games and you're struggling a little bit at the beginning of the season, it's one thing, but when you're the New York Yankees and you're the worst team in the American league, whoa, that's a whole different narrative. And there's going to be some changes. I think, first of all, they did Jay Bruce a favor, but we'll get to that in a second. Go. Yeah, I mean, anytime a general manager speaks, it's either really good or really bad. And right now for the Yankees, it is really bad. I mean, look, this is a team that I don't want to overreact. We just talked about reactions, overreactions. I don't want to overreact yet. The Yankees, you know, historically start out slow in April. They go on tears mid-May, June, July. Um, You don't know what's going to happen from season to season, but I I, I don't want to push the panic button yet, but we're getting kind of close there. And, uh, you know, it, it, it just has not been a good stretch for the New York Yankees. Okay, hold on. It, pause. Pause. Because okay. if, for, if you're a Boston Red Sox fan or a Yankees hater right now, you're loving it. You got three entitled, spoiled Yankees fans <laughs> sitting here whining. Wah, 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 my team sucks. Okay, I got what you said. You got what I said. Nick Ailes, what do you say? I mean, I kind of agree with Spencer's point. And also, something I don't think we, we've seen talked about. Uh, we haven't seen Major League Baseball played in April and May since 2019. Oh, so yeah. it's yeah, definitely yeah. a big adjustment period. We just came off the 60-game sprint, then back into spring training just a little while later. So give the team some time. We'll we'll get back. I'm not pushing any panic buttons anytime soon. Yeah. All right. I mean, look, wait, Rain. I mean, they're last place right now in OPS in slugging percentage, not just in the AL, in the entire Major League Baseball, tied <laughs> thanks, with man. the Texas Rangers for both. This is not... Your father's New York Yankees right Yeah, thanks now. for making I mean, me feel better. This it's, it's bad, and this is a team that on paper should have the best lineup in the league. But thanks for proving a narrative so, right to us yeah. Yankees fans whine it's, about everything as we do. You know, I, I'm a Jets and a Knicks fan, too. I'm not that entitled. You understand. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yes, the agony of defeat. Drooling the drool of remorse into the pillow of regret. I believe <laughs> yeah. I've heard that before. Spencer Davidson, Rain, and Nick L. Sportsilla Show, ESPN Radio. So we got like 60 seconds. You got a few questions left. Nick is playing the part of Matt today on Does It Matter? 
Rapid fire, Spencer. Let's go rapid fire with these. Right. We'll go yes or no. Give them to All us. All right, rapid fire. Here we go. Does it matter that Zion loves Madison Square Garden? Um, if he learns to score outside of the paint, yes. And I wouldn't mind him being there, Spencer. Yeah, no, I mean, definitely. It, it certainly makes for some interesting narratives as he gets closer and closer to becoming a free agent. But, you know, we'll have to see how it shakes out. Does it matter that we had to sacrifice the Yankees' greatness for the Knicks to be good? <laughs> <laughs> Did that happen? Can it only be one or the other? That that was a non-scripted question. Yeah. I think Nick Ailes just went off the rails. I rhymed on purpose. Um, that's funny. Uh, it's hilarious. And it seems that way, doesn't it? Does it does seem that way. My, You know, I can't have consistency with my teams. One's always got to be... Causing me some anguish. Am I willing to put up with a crappy Yankee season for my Knicks to do some damage in the place? I mean, they're not going to win the championship. Hmm. Next question. Uh, does it matter that Jake Paul knocked out Ben Askren? No. 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 The fix was in. That was uh, the, the 100%. fix was in. That 100%. was a joke. I would have paid more money to watch Jake Paul on YouTube than I would have <laughs> to get the pay-per-view for that. I mean, I, that was ridiculous. I didn't know who Jake Paul was until he knocked out Nate Robinson. What does that say about me? Next question. <laughs> you lived a good life. Does it matter <laughs> that Alex Smith retired from the NFL? You, you know what? Just bow down. Uh, you you got to throw it up. You got to give him respect. It, the fact that he came back to play one more year just remarkable what he did. And he's got to sit back now with everything, a long career. Every team he was on ultimately got better. Yeah. Uh, even with Washington this yeah, year, they got yeah. better when he played you know, nothing but respect to Alex Smith. You proven your point, man. And in, in the, in sports history, the narrative about you is the toughness, yeah, the perseverance, the fight, the will to be an NFL player and come back from just, I mean, it was worse than Theismann's. Injury, if you can he even only, say that, but it the was guy almost lost his leg. He almost he he was his life was threatened because of the infection. I mean, to be able to come back and play a season of NFL football and to win the comeback player of the year. I mean, come on, man. The, the, the guy doesn't have to win championships to be any more accomplished than he is in my mind. We've got one more one more. And does it matter now? I'm going to ask the question. I'm sorry. You're done being Matt. <laughs> I have to ask one of Nick else. Does it matter that Big Ben Roethlisberger is getting old. Should he have retired and hung up the spikes or should he play this one more year? He did, I know, move the money around for the salary cap. But Yes, it does matter because we've seen time and time again that the older your quarterback gets, unless it's Tom Brady, uh, the worse they're going to play. And we saw last year, I'm a firm believer that the Steelers' nine-win start was all smoke and mirrors. They totally was. Yeah. Completely easy schedule, not that good. So I think the longer you keep them there, the worse it's going to get. So yes, it does matter, but it's not like they're, uh, their ceiling and their floor are not that far apart. I'm going to close out segment number one here on the Sports Hill Show on ESPN Radio uh, by directing your attention to Pauly Sibilia, who is part of Orange Nation and is a Steelers fan. Now, he's enjoying his Padres, and the Dodgers-Padres series was awesome. Uh, I don't know if you were paying attention to that, but he is a Steelers fan, so it brings me great joy in saying that if Big Ben is getting older and age catches up and that adds to the level of suck that the Steelers have this next upcoming season, that brings me joy and makes me happy. We'll take a quick break and come back and play Odds Makers. Yeah, I got that. That was, that was my bad. I got it. I got it. What are the odds? This is Odds Makers. It's the Sportszilla Show with Rain and Matt on ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. So what are the odds? Uh, and apparently, according to the very first Twitch poll of the day at Q Sports Talk, people weren't sure if Spencer Davidson was a real person. <laughs> Lo and behold, he is here in the flesh. It takes two to make things go right, and it takes two to fill in for the glue guy, Matt Page. 
Uh, we've been having a little bit of fun in the Twitch chat. Please feel free to join us there. I did get a text. Uh, I didn't say anything until we came back on the air. Uh, but Pauly Scabilia, hey, waka waka, Steelers fan. Yeah. Who, by the way, I expressed my joy at hopefully his team sucking this year, the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was just informed that I'm supposed to tell you that since he is a Steelers fan and he's you know one of the bosses, you're fired. I was going to ask, do I still have a job? Um, so am I out right now? Well, he's, he's on the ones and twos today, so I'm going to just... Hope that you'll stay there with us till four, and then get get the bleep out. Yeah, I mean, I haven't I haven't done board op in, I mean, since college, so we definitely need Nick here. I've run it before, but I've got so many other things going over here that I'm now. It's been a minute, and yeah. I'm scared that it would. No, I'm not scared. I know it would be a train wreck, yeah. a dumpster fire if I'm I did. Volunteering that. my time. So thank you very much for the rest of the no day. Worries. So let me uh, throw out some odds makers questions. All right, you ready to do this with me Let's in the flesh? Let's do it. All right, I got a few, and we can we can bounce around. Nick Ailes, you jump in on the questions. Let's grill Spencer Davidson live and direct here. Okay, sure. Uh, what are the odds that Booney, Aaron Boone, manager of the Yankees, and now that you know, even though Cashman gave him an endorsement at the Zoom at twelve thirty, you've read the quotes. We've talked about the quotes. They're all out there everywhere for everybody. But his days numbered. Is he on borrowed time? Is if this doesn't get better, it like it can't get much worse. Yeah, I mean it, it can't get much worse. Uh, and, and I gotta say, actually, this is going to be a great odds makers uh, segment because it's I'm going to be the most crystal clear for the connection that I've been because normally I'm on the phone. Service is not so great. Yeah. So this is like high def sound right now. But uh, and your dog won't bark in the and background. my dog won't bark in the background. But uh, but yeah, it, I don't think that Aaron Boone is in immediate trouble of losing his job right now. I think right now what you're seeing is the players aren't performing. Um, again, it's still April. You can't forget that it's still the middle of April. We're, we're not even, you know, a quarter of the way into the season yet. But it's concerning. You know, this goes into May. This goes into June. The Yankees are still hovering around the 500 mark. They're not starting to go on a run. Uh, do, do they consider making a move? Yes, but... I don't think quite yet. I think it's still a little early to say that Aaron Boone is on the hot seat immediately. Steinbrenner, Hale, said uh, that he is disappointed. Do you know what his father, and yes, he's been, he passed away 10 years ago, but do you know what his father would have done right now? You said it earlier. He would have somehow found a way to, uh, may he rest in peace, Billy Martin, he go to his grave yeah. and, and it just. He would, I, he would be digging that up right now. Even if there's a hologram, he, yeah. heads would roll and somebody would be in that dugout kicking butts. Joe Girardi was replaced by Boone simply because he wasn't edgy enough. Mm-hmm. He wasn't a kick in the butt when you need it kind of a guy, more of a softer players coach. Uh, the language that he uses in answering questions is different than Joe Girardi. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was the binder. You remember the binder? Yeah, I sit the there and I'm like, binder, yep. everybody ripped on him for the binder. Well, we've taken analytics to the next level now. Uh, so what do you want? You want a little bit more of a balance like you had with Joe Girardi? Because Joe Girardi would cry with these guys behind yeah. closed doors. He loved these guys. Then again, he was a teammate of some of them. And then again, you could say the same about Aaron, bone, Aaron Boone. But there's a little bit more... Uh, a little bit more rigid when we talk about Joe Girardi, a little bit more of that military background, mm-hmm. a little bit more. He wasn't afraid to peel the paint off the walls when he had to. That's what the Yankees need. Yeah. No, I mean, I think the Yankees and, and what the Yankees are missing, too, is, you know, they, they have a lot of guys who are poised, who are calm. You know, DJ LeMahieu, Aaron Judge, you don't see them get too emotional, but they need that guy who's going to be a spark plug. They need that guy. They're missing that guy who's going to. You know, get the team going. I mean, Nick Swisher, just a guy who's going to liven things up. It just doesn't look like they're having fun out there. And that's showing on the field. There he is right there. You want a guy to liven things up that's a Yankees fan? What's your take? Luke Voigt's the key. 
Boom. As soon, the second Luke Voigt comes back into this yep. lineup, everything's going to be start clicking again. Maybe maybe take a couple games to get everything back, but as soon as you see him back, his personality, that the hair flowing. Okay, I love you it. you just said it. Is it personality or also it's obviously he has performed on the field, okay? But is it the other stuff behind the scenes? Is he the fun, jovial guy that that kind of he just brings that locker room together, or is it guard? We need Guardy in there with the bat bashing the roof in the place. Like Luke, he Luke looks like the guy. I mean, I don't know him personally, but you see a lot of like Aaron Judge, John Carlos Stanton. You know, okay. they're kind of bland guys. Yeah. Like they're just they're big and imposing. But you know, when's the last time you saw someone like Aaron Judge hanging out partying stuff I mean, like the, that? You the, don't do that. The best thing we saw with Aaron Judge is when the Yankees and the Red Sox was it? It was two years ago, I think. Now they had a bench clearing brawl, and Aaron Judge has got you know two Red Sox in the headline. <laughs> That's about, I mean, I, that's what I'm looking for every day. I want the guy who looks like, yeah, I'm bigger than you, and I'm going to show that I'm bigger than you. You need a guy like a Tanaka. This is where you really miss Tanaka. You need uh, a guy like CeCe and his fiery personality. CeCe, yeah, they're missing CeCe, that's for sure. It was a terrible, I mean, in retrospect, it was a terrible decision to not bring Masahiro Tanaka mm-hmm. back. Abs- I don't even think it was, I don't think he wanted to come back. Like, like I think he wanted to come back, but I think he, his, uh, he wanted to go back to Japan more than he wanted to play. So, I don't think you can sit here and say it's a bad decision not to bring him back. If he didn't want to come back, he didn't want to come back. You can't force a guy to bring him back. It was money. Yeah. It came down to money, pride and money because of what Masahiro Tanaka represented in Japan and with the New York Yankees. It was either the Yankees or, yeah, you're right, going back to Japan. But it was money. It became money, I'm telling you. You're going to regret the $11 million to Kluber if you could have invested some of that in Masahiro and found another way to get it done if Kluber doesn't pan out. But yes. It is still early. This is called Odds Makers on ESPN Radio and the Sports Hill Show. So Sean Kazmer is living his best life. You know the story with this guy at Nick Ells. How awesome is this? This this is just the story you love to see. It's been, uh, I think it was 12 years, 13 years since his last at-bat in the major leagues in 2008. Called up by Atlanta. I don't think he's expected to stick around. It's because Ozzie Alves had uh, something with his hand, I think. He's only out for a couple games. But just... I read that he was only he just kept playing year after year after year because he wanted his kids to see him play at the major league level and it paid off. And it's one of those stories that you know when you have a kid and you tell him like this is what determination's all about. You can do anything <laughs> if you set your mind to it. You tell him about Sean Casmar Jr. He stuck around for thirteen years. Yep. Thirteen years. Poster child for it. Yeah. And then you also go, what the hell were you doing for 13 years that you you couldn't crack a major league roster at some point? But, uh, you know, glass half full, glass half full. Yeah, that yeah. would make me a jerk <laughs> I, if I, I said that. I was so. a junior in high school, the last guy this pitched in the majors. I mean, his his minor league career since his major his last major league start would be entering like like almost high school at this point. That's I mean, they'd crazy. be like 14, you know, and and it to to stick it out and stay with it. I mean, that just shows shows how much you love baseball. And honestly, guys, I mean, how appreciative he must be of this opportunity because I think the only thing that gets an athlete to realize how special it is to play a professional sport is not only to make your major league debut, but to have had the taste of being on the top, lost it and then years later getting it back. So He's definitely 100% living his best life, and good for him. He deserves it. Uh, you can express some Yankees hate in the Twitch chat at Q Sports Talk, or as I told you, we made one comment, and yes, they're talking about fishing again in there. <laughs> ESPN Radio Sports Illustrated Show, we call this odds makers, or what are the odds? Next question, what are the odds the Knicks win a playoff series? They're pretty good right now, and they're, they're I mean, it's solidified. As of right now, the old, if the season ended today, they're in. Yeah. So what are Comfort- the odds? Comfortably in. Are you a team, if you have to face them in the first round, is a little bit nervous? Yeah. 
Look at how good, first of all, defensively, and we know how the intensity picks up in the playoffs. They're really good defensively. I mean, really good. Like, I think the Lakers are the only other one, only other overall defensive unit that's better. Yeah. I mean, their defense has been, you know, under Thibodeau this year has been, you know, unbelievable. You know, a guy like Nerlens Noel, who was kind of written off when he was signed by the Knicks, he's been exceptional. You know, he had a couple of blocks this weekend, one of the best blocks I've seen in a long time. It was awesome. Just straight up, just stopping the guy in the lane. It was unbelievable. But, uh, but no, look, I, I mean, I would say it's tough. You know, it's tough, but... I, I I could very well see the Knicks winning. I could put it at like a you know fifty five forty five that they could win a playoff series because they might surprise people. I mean they've been doing it all year. Everyone's still used to the Knicks being a laughing stock of the league. Uh uh-uh, uh no more. I mean these 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 Knicks are for real now. Maybe not championship caliber for real, but they're a playoff team. They they're competitive. Seventy percent they can at least win one round. Yeah. That's my odds. Yep. What are yours, Nick Ailes? Fifty percent. Okay. Don't count out the Knicks. Nixing it up. You, that's fair. That's you, fair too. That's fair too. He went Switzerland. He yeah. went neutral, right, right, right down the middle. But he also did say that the Knicks would nix it up, which, which is the equivalent of Jets gonna Jets. Oh, so I, I just don't. I'm, oh, I, hey, hang I, on. I, I didn't say they would. I said don't count out that they might. Right, but I'm just saying they that's might. the that's the cautious optimism that we New York fans have had because we're just used to our teams letting us down. Keep James Dolan away from the team, and it, yeah. I think that improves. Your odds. Uh, glue guy is not with us today. That's Matt Page. So it's Nick Ailes and Spencer Davidson with me. I'm Rain. And he did say at the beginning of the season when they signed Nerlens Noel, he has told me you're going to love him. And I was like, because I wasn't sure. Yeah, I love him. Yeah. I, I I think that that was a perfect great role signing, yep. and especially with Mitchell Robinson battling now two injuries and barely being in the lineup. What a difference Nerlens Noel has made. That's a Thibodeau guy. It yep. really is. All right, we're playing What Are the Odds? Uh, how about Villanova's quarterback, Daniel Smith? He threw that. Is it incredible? Was it ridiculous? Was it bizarre? What was it? I've never seen anything like that. It was like it was like a Madden, you know, NFL glitch he kind of like, life. He kind of like flipped it up behind his butt over his shoulder, and it, and it was caught in the end zone. Unbelievable. Villanova quarterback, Daniel Smith. That highlight, you're going to see that forever. Oh, unbelievable. What are the odds that that was just awesome? When you have a, when you have a, a spring game, play in the sports center top 10 you know it's good what are the odds you like the new bengals uniforms mm, nah. nah they're all right i like they're clean they're clean they're modern i their presentation their video was a little cheesy i was about to say what are the odds that you thought that their video their video was a little cheesy i get i get bringing ocho cinco back i get you know the nostalgia of the bangle but a little cheesy for my taste what are the odds joe buck will be a good guest host of jeopardy he is filming they will air this summer there are others that will be filling in as they search for a permanent host uh, for those of you that hate Joe Buck, uh, Joe Buck hate session now at Q Sports Talk if you want to. But I just think he's going to be good at it. I don't hate on Joe Buck. I don't understand the vitriol for Joe Buck. People despise him. He calls a game, flip on Twitter. It's the best. If you yeah. feel like the cesspool, as I like to call it, that is Twitter. Uh, it's just, and, and people hate him so much, it doesn't matter. Every single word, they will criticize. Right. They will find a reason to criticize it. Do you think he's going to be good, though? Yeah. I think he's going to be good. I don't. No. I don't. I think his monotone style is just not going to work with you. Now, we don't know Alex Trebek's monotone style. That worked perfectly, but I just don't think it's going to mesh well. But he, he he seems like a very sarcastic guy. I mean, if you see him on social media interacting with fans, 
He seems like he's he's got that kind of subtle, dry, you know, little jabs and everything. Smart. I think that would be great because Trebek used to do that stuff yeah. too. Trebek, used, you know, if somebody couldn't get at the right answer, he would throw like a little jab in there. Sometimes I, Trebek's jokes were so good and over and cerebral and over everybody's right. head, they didn't even realize Joe, he was ripping on them. Right. But Joe Buck seems like he's got that same kind of, you know, streak to him where he can very subtly kind of, you know, twist twist a little bit. Who's going to be better, Joe Buck or Aaron Rodgers? I guess we'll have to wait and see. Let's take a break. Nicole Menner with WBNG is going to talk to us about the AHL, and we'll leave it at that for now on the Sportsilla Show on ESPN Radio. More in four minutes. He's in the 10, 15, he's in the 20. It's the Sportsilla Show on ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. Here's Rain and Matt. Should have had some Hockey Night in Canada music ready to go. Nicole Menner is online with us right now as we'll open up again the Accelerate Sports Complex phone line for the day with WBNG. She is the sports director. And so uh, you got a little gossip here, right? If you're Syracuse Crunch fan, are you going to be playing against a different affiliate next year? Maybe. There's a little bit of gossip, some rumors out there. You see it online. You're not quite sure. They say, all right, I'm not going to say anything about this right now. But then all of a sudden, a story with legs and it gets a little bit of traction and the wheels start turning. And Nicole Menner does an outstanding job. And she's down there in Binghamton where the Devils are not playing this year, as she pointed out to us off the air. Yep. They're in Newark this year. So what's happening when all of a sudden you see Utica file for trademarks to bring back the Devils, which was, if you know the history, their original AHL franchise for six seasons. And we're going back almost about 30 years now. Nicole, take us through the story, how it developed up until the point that you reported on it. Yeah, well, first of all, thank you guys for having me on. As you know, this story definitely unfolded pretty significantly over uh, this weekend, Friday and Saturday, really. So I guess I'll just go back to the beginning. When they announced that Binghamton, the B-Devils, would be playing in Newark this season, I think a lot of heads started turning here. Um, When that story originally came out back in January when they announced it, I think a lot of people had questions about whether or not the team would be back. Um, We were given assurance that the team would be back, and this was just a season thing, that they were playing in Newark because of COVID protocols, and it was just easier due to travel and everything. So when... Last week, I started to hear just some inklings about, you know, like you mentioned, some gossip about potentially the Devils moving their AHL affiliate. Did some digging, heard a few more things, the trademark for the Utica Devils. And then I think that's when everyone's head started to turn. Um, When you see a trademark filed on April 5th, 2021 for the Utica Devils, I think people obviously can put two and two together. And we know what that means, especially since it was obviously filed by Robert Esch. Um, so that's when everything just kind of unfolded. You make a valid um, point on the trademark. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now, and it's uh, it's there's a lot of stuff on that city file that trademark for. Pretty all inclusive. I mean, we listen. Depending on your age, or if you remember, I mean, I I used to go to those games. I remember that logo like it was yesterday. And boy, wow! And you, you think about the way you see Comets gear everywhere. If you're in the Utica Roll Market, you go. It looks like you're going to see a lot of Utica Devils gear, or Will you? Maybe? I'm not sure. Spencer? Maybe. Well, uh, first of all, Rain, uh, I'm going to date you a little bit here because I was barely even born when the Utica Devils were here <laughs> in Utica. So, uh, you know, take that for what you will. But, uh, but Nicole, old. I mean, you know, you mentioned how you kind of stumbled on, on the, um, you know, the, the trademark and everything. I mean, how did that even come about? Because, you know, bef- initially, you know, you're researching 
Binghamton Devils and the relationship between the New Jersey Devils and the Binghamton Devils. And, you know, how did did you discover, you know, that that Robert Esch filed this this patent? Yeah. So, I mean, with everything, obviously, you develop sources where you're working um, and, you know, just one thing led me to another. Um, I had heard some rumors about that. So then I just kind of researched it and found it. And then that's when it really took off. And obviously, that's when you're like, okay, this is a concrete piece of information that I can now take and try to get some more comments about it. Um, So ultimately, we first got a a comment from Broome County. Um, And I'm not sure how other AHL teams work, but like for us, the arena, which is where the B-Devils play, they're like the third party. Um, So we heard that there was a dispute between the Binghamton ownership and the New Jersey Devils. And that was also like, okay, so we have a trademark filed for Utica. And then there's also a dispute going on between B-Devils ownership and the New Jersey Devils. And that was kind of the second big piece of information we got. Um, And then, you know, of course, along with the trademark, your head is just still spinning, and that, of course, you can put two and two together. Yeah, it's not yep. looking good for the B Devils to stay here. Well, um, I want to talk then, to you about. I want to talk to about the effects of that in Binghamton in just a second. So, Nicole Mentor with WBNG yeah. here with us on the Sports Illustrated Show on ESPN Radio. Please continue your thought. Uh, close out your thought, Nicole, and then Spencer's going to come at you with another one. Yeah. So once that happened, then the next day we finally heard from the B Devils VP of Operations. That's when he confirmed it that the Devils formally gave him notice last Wednesday that they would be moving their affiliate. Yeah. Um, so, Nicole, I'm going to throw at you, I, I emailed the, the Vancouver Canucks to get their perspective on these rumors and everything. And I'm, I want to read you this quote and then kind of see what your opinion is. So I, they said, the Canucks and Comets have been in partnership since 2013-14 and continue to enjoy a great working relationship. While a formal decision on the future of the affiliation has not been reached, Vancouver and Utica will exercise due diligence and explore all options on the future of their partnership. Now, granted, look, I mean, it, they say they have a great working relationship, but there's definitely, I mean, what's your take? It seems to me that there's definitely some hesitancy, you know, to, to fully commit. You know, what, what's your take on that? It's noncommittal, and yeah, then there's a pandemic. Yeah. I mean, right? Go ahead, Nicole. Yeah. And another thing, too, I reached out to the AHL, and they said that they had received no requests from the Devils or the requests from Utica or Vancouver to move their team. So that's an, also an interesting piece of that because they weren't really willing to comment on anything. Um, so, you know, I think some sides are maybe being quiet about it and trying not to lay any more gasoline on the fire. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I find it hard to believe that the AHL wouldn't be aware of that, especially when there's a trademark filed for the Utica Devils. Right. I, I agree with you there. I, the the term cognitive dissonance yep. is screaming at me because it's like, yep. believe this, don't believe what you're seeing with your own eyes and hearing with your own ears, so to speak, you know, but let's, let's talk about Binghamton though. Obviously that's where you're reporting out of. It would suck to have this team out of there. I mean, professional hockey, it's been a half a century. It's been in Binghamton and you got a a statement from the arena management who basically said, you're going to get a team of some semblance in there, a professional team, right? Cause I mean, people love their hockey in Binghamton and it's just, it sucks when you don't have that. Utica yeah. didn't have that Albany, for a long time. Albany, Albany lost there recently. You know, I mean, we know how precarious mm-hmm. the AHL situation is with teams just moving all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your What are your thoughts? Yeah, so I've been in Binghamton for two years now, and everyone always says Binghamton is a major hockey town. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's definitely the two years I've been here, I can definitely see that. Um, obviously, like you mentioned, Binghamton is such like a deep, rich hockey history especially with AHL teams. I think the last time 
they went without having an AHO team. It was like the late 90s into the early 2000s before the B-Sens came here. Um, so, yeah, I mean, having an AHO hockey team here is a huge part of the winters here, and it's just like a huge part of the community. So definitely people were outraged when this news broke over the weekend. Um, and there's a lot of questions. Optimistic. There's a lot of questions being asked in the Utica area, too. It's been all over social media. Yeah. They're even covering this in Vancouver now, yep. by the way. Ian McIntyre, for one. There's others. <laughs> I've seen it. Uh, Nicole Metter with WBNG is here with us on the Sportsilla Show on ESPN Radio. Yeah, and Nicole, first of all, I mean, you've, you've, uh, you've opened the, the Pandora's box for this. Now it's being talked about all over. But um, here's my question. You know, look, if this happens, and this is all speculation, all rumors, if of course. the Devils come to Utica, should there be concern from people in Utica because the Devils seem to be, the New Jersey Devils, seem to be kind of flaky in terms of their affiliations? I mean, pulling out of Albany you know, now, you know, pulling out of Binghamton. I mean, should there be a concern about the reliability uh, of, a, of an affiliation with the New Jersey Devils? I mean, yeah, that's the first thing that comes to my mind when you look at the history of the Devils and moving their AHL team, especially one big piece of the puzzle. The Devils had an agreement here for five years, so they were supposed to be here through the 2021-22 season. Um, Tom Mitchell couldn't provide a comment about that. I'm sure there's a lot more to that that obviously we just don't know yet, but yeah, they were supposed to be here for another year. So some way or another, the contract is being broken. Yeah. Well, and then you've got Rochester and Buffalo seems to be ironclad. Yeah, that I mean, I mean that's a strong affiliation right there. Howard Dolgan, Jim Sorosi, mm-hmm. and everybody within the Syracuse Crunch organization sitting there going, wow, we've got a really fantastic Tampa Cuse yep. thing happening right now. And that seems ironclad. And then there's others where it's a little bit more up in the air. I mean, the Utica-Vancouver agreement right now, it's long-term but there's a series of opt-outs at the end of every season to right. reassess and reevaluate. And COVID has thrown it all out of whack. No pandemic, no COVID. I don't know if this is an issue. However, it, it, it happens. opens the door. It's, it opens it, the door to change. It's reality. And sometimes you just kind of life takes you to the places you need to go. And we'll leave it at that. Nicole, you're awesome. Thank you. We really appreciate you uh, giving up a little bit of time to talk about this with us and share with us what you know. You greatly appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Yeah, they seem optimistic Binghamton will hopefully be home to another team next season. So optimism is the key here. Thank you, guys. Nicole Menner with WBNG. Listen, you've got the contact information. You get any other information, feel free to slide it our way. We'll gladly bring you back. I'll keep you posted. We'll we'll gladly bring you back on the air. Take a pause here on the Sports Illustrated Show on ESPN Radio and our version of Sports Festivus. Our airing of the grievances. You're killing me, Smalls, is next. The Sportszilla Show. Oh, yeah. Bringing the central New York sports fan together. You're supposed to wear your mask all over your nose. I'm not going to, so quit asking. Can everyone hear me okay? Can everyone listen up? You're killing me, Smalls. It's the Sportszilla Show with Rain and Matt on twitch.tv slash Talk and ESPN Radio. Oh, for Pete's sake, here we go again. Are you ready for uh, some sports festivus or airing of the grievances real quick so trevor lawrence's dad said some things after trevor got married and is getting ready to be the number one overall pick i would be shocked if it's anybody else even though i guess bored bloggers and sports writers are trying to spin this narrative that oh what if they go with justin fields or somebody else it's not really going to be if it's not oh they shock him it's going to be trevor lawrence it's gonna be trevor lawrence. just stop let's stop playing this these games i know you would like your jets to get trevor lawrence but you're going to be okay right We'll be all right. We'll be all right. It looks like Zach Wilson's going to be the guy. We'll, you know, hopefully, hopefully the Jets will be all right. Let's just, fingers crossed, actually. Trevor Lawrence, due to how things spiral out of control yeah. when 
his father's comments were just, I don't even know what you did with them. You, you stretched them a little bit. You, you tweaked them a little bit. You, you read between the lines a little too much. Ultimately, Trevor Lawrence had to come on and go, um, seems people are misreading my sentiment. He went on from there to correct the record and basically say, thanks for coming to my TED Talk, but I love football. And I'm going to give it 100% of my focus when I'm playing football. You have to if you're that good. He's clearly spent a lot of time practicing football. And yeah. he's been relatively successful at Clemson, I'm just saying. So I think um, you're, you're, you're making a, narr- a false narrative and spinning a false narrative about Trevor Lawrence. If you want to know what's killing me, Smalls, that's one of them. Would you agree, disagree, or... Do you think there's something to it? Does an athlete have to be 100% committed? I mean, yeah. Or can they have an outside life? Well, an athlete has to be 100% committed during the season and everything. But, yeah, I mean, look, as sports fans, sometimes, unfortunately, you get stuck in viewing the athletes in their craft. They're human beings outside of their sport. That's my take. And just like you are, you know, you outside of your job are a human being, whatever you do, you're a human being. You're entitled to a life and to other focuses outside. That doesn't mean just because he has another a, a life outside of football doesn't mean he's not going to be committed to football when it's time for football. Just like you're committed to your job when you come in, you go home, you're committed to your family. I mean, that's just the way it is in life. Athletes are no different. Got to have a little bit of a balance. Are you going to yeah. tell us we're both wrong? I have. I agree with all that, but I think there should be some sort of unwritten rule where if you're just coming into some sports league, Stop letting people interview your dad. How, <laughs> how many times have we seen that's that fair. like no, people keep yeah. going to the dad and then we've got all sorts of news about this? But, I don't even uh, the whole Ball Brothers I was situation, just say Big that. Baller the ball brand, brothers, but on. like look at all the controversy that creates. Stop letting people interview your dad. Um, this is for you, Nick. Major bag alert. Major bag alert. Major bag alert. Major. You're a funny guy. That's the major bag alert, and. Uh, yeah, I guess people that interview athletes' dads, you're killing me, Smalls. Uh, that being said, there's one more. This one is yours. and it ha- oh, No, this one is yours. Yeah, no, it's because is- you wore the you're killing me, Smalls shirt yeah. today. Yeah, sure. Yankees, Yankees fans, they're killing you. Oh, my God. Tell us why. Well, I I do not like being associated with those type of fans. You know, and we, we saw it boil over the other day where it was just... Anything that could go wrong pretty much went wrong. Grabbing whatever you have, throwing baseballs onto the field. I think it was Friday night against the Rays. And look, I get it. I'm just as frustrated as the next guy about this team and how badly they've been playing. But really? Really? We're going to the point where you're throwing stuff at your own players? I've never understood booing your own players. And it's not... Never. It's not the first time... Or excuse me. It's not the first happenstance of this. Not the first time Yankees fans over the years, have done this. There was a point a few years back they were throwing batteries. Yeah. Do you remember that? Like, that can't happen. Like, you can't. You can't do that. God forbid, and it didn't happen, but just God forbid that Aaron Judge or whoever was just bending down to pick down a baseball, another one clocks him in the head, he gets concussed. Just because the whole team is sneaking up. You think Jimmy from Lower Brooklyn is going to be loving that? And I don't think so, man. Come on. Your message is is totally washed out by your actions there. Mm-hmm. I understand being an angry fan. I understand being upset. Use your thumbs. Go on Twitter. Trash the team all you want. When you do something like that, your entire message, now the story becomes about you. Now the story becomes about what a jerk you are. 
this focus is taken away from how bad the team is, and now you're the story. Fans should not be the story. What if you clocked Aaron Judge in the head and he had a concussion, and clearly we know how severe concussions can be for anybody, let alone an athlete, and then he's out, yeah. and he's injured, and yeah. who knows when he comes back. And then that. the Yankees are in an even worse spot. He pulls a hammy, he's out for three weeks, but yet what's the number one criticism about Aaron Judge? He can't keep him on the field. Right. Now you're the reason he's on the field. What are you going to, oh, we can't stay healthy? You're going to spin that narrative after and that? And do you feel good about yourself after the fact? You threw a baseball on the field, you go and telling your friends, hey, did you see that baseball that flew into the outfield of Yankee Stadium? That was me. Your friend's going to be like, dude, that was a good move, man. I'm really, I'm really proud of you. You really, you really showed him what's up. No, it just makes you look like a jerk. So here's the thing, Yankees fans. You're killing me, Smalls. Stop throwing things on the field. We'll take a break on the Sports Zilla Show. It's ESPN Radio. Soundcheck is next in hour two. It's the Sports Zilla Show with Rain and Matt on ESPN Radio and Twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. Listen to this. Mic check. Okay. Good. Here's your sports sound check. Hour number two of the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio. I always like when I look in the Twitch chat and I see um, a message has been deleted by the moderator. That makes and I missed it, so it was spicy. And now I'm like, we were talking about some gossip. Are the Utica Devils a thing? A few minutes ago with Nicole Menner from WBNG, and now I'm going. Hmm. I want to know what was said because the screen name had hockey in it. So I'm like. I wonder. I wonder. We're not starting rumors. We are just asking some questions from some stuff that's out there. The rumors are there. We are just doing our due diligence and with them. Everybody's been following media in Binghamton and Vancouver. Spencer, you've talked about it. Ben Burnell covers a team from the Observer Dispatch. Uh, of course, it is the Syracuse Crunch and Utica Comets tonight. Crunch game will be right here on ESPN Radio in Syracuse and in the Utica Roll Market. You're with us at 96.5 FM if you want to hear the comments, though. It's over on the Brother Station K-Rock. We call it Uticus for a reason. The Empire Recycling Galaxy Cup. Spencer, it's the 7th of 14. Do I have that right? 7th of 14. And the Comets are leading the season series actually 4-2. to two. The, They get back the Comets from the COVID pause mm-hmm. and the Crunch demolish them. But then they're down a defenseman, a couple defensemen, and they get a couple of call-ups. And then the Comets came back out and, and beat them two in a row. And then, of course, we now have tonight's game. So we'll look forward to that. On the way, Mike McAllister, because don't think I forgot about Braswell going to the Charlotte 49ers. And on the football side of things, Tyrell Richards has entered the transfer portal. So we'll be talking about that with Mike McAllister in a couple minutes. I don't have sound on that. He's going to be the sound on that. Here's where we'll get to some, though. Anthony Rizzo was mic'd up. Let's go to Major League Baseball. This is going to make Nick Ailes, who's in studio with us today, very happy. He's chasing down Freddie Freeman in a rundown. And do you want me to play it before you react? I think you should play it. Or you want to react? I think you should play it. Okay, this is good stuff. They've got to do this more often, by the way. Frederick! Freddie! Because <laughs> <laughs> as soon as he saw me, I'm like, Frederick! I just started dying. Yeah? I just I love the game. It's so much fun. When they always have fun, they mic up players. Remember a couple of years ago when they had Mookie mic'd up mm-hmm. and he was chasing down the ball and he couldn't get it? He's like, oh, I can't get it, fellas. He's yeah. like diving. I just love when they mic him up. It's so much fun. Would you want to be mic'd up in your day-to-day life? Uh, absolutely not. You're mic'd up well, in your professional career. I'm kind of boring or I'd say things that are not um, appropriate. If it's not baseball, pick another sport, but athlete or two the first ones that come don't think deep on this first couple that come to mind that you would love to hear mic'd up uh joel Embiid. okay i I like that one uh i think alex ovechkin would be funny because he 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 trash talks yeah he's got the thick russian accent 
I think that'd be that'd be pretty funny to see him. I sometimes I go on YouTube like binges of just NHL mic'd up trash talking. I mean, I highly recommend. You went um you went baseball, Swisher would have been a good one. Swisher would have been fantastic. Oh, absolutely. Swisher I, would have been unbelievable. Some players that you would like to hear mic'd up to mix in with the fishing talk that always seems to enter the chat at Sports talk on twitch.tv. Let's get to some basketball though. Uh you brought up the Nets. Okay, I'm glad. Keyshawn had said, this is the other day, but he said the Nets aren't buying a championship because we've had load management back in the discussion and we've had super teams back in the discussion. Uh, and then we had the LaMarcus Aldrich news, which was like, whoa, uh, if you remember the, the, the heart yeah. issue and he had to retire. But this is what Keyshawn said. And I think Matt and I had talked about this, but I wanted to get your reaction. I wouldn't necessarily call it buying a championship, though. It's not buying because they got to finish the deal. Still got to earn it. Yeah, you still got to earn it. I mean, think about it. There's there's different ways to go about getting a championship. You could trade guys. You can get guys in free agency. I mean, it's different ways of doing it. Just so happened Harden wanted to go away from Houston and come play with his dudes in New York. And there's nothing wrong with it. AD wanted to leave New Orleans and come play with LeBron in L.A. Okay? I mean, KD left OKC to go to Golden State. There's, there's nothing wrong with it at all. And I think some of the guys back in the day, if Dr. J wanted, if Dr. J had an opportunity to go play for the Lakers when they was rolling, you don't think Dr. J would have went there? You honestly and you think that if Dr. J – had an opportunity to go play for the Lakers, and the Lakers could have got Dr. J. He wouldn't have just rolled out to Hollywood and got it done. Interesting. What do you think? Look, Jets fan, love me some Keyshawn Johnson. His credentials are definitely way more impressive than mine. I got to give him an L on this one. Uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah, they still got to get it done. They still got to win games. But uh, and and yes, Harden wanted to join Kyrie and KD in Brooklyn. But then they go out and they get, you know, Blake Griffin when he's available. They went out and obviously, you know, we know what happened with LaMarcus Aldridge. But they signed all these guys and gave them contracts. You know, you can't criticize a team like the Yankees in baseball for buying championships and not consider this buying a championship. What did you do? You gave huge contracts to multiple different players, basically put together an all-star team. And if you win a championship... I mean, what 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 did you do? You didn't develop these homegrown talent, this homegrown talent. You're winning with guys that you purchased, the guys you bought contra- or paid uh, signed to contracts. That's buying a championship. Spencer, this is only an acceptable course of action for a team that I root for. It's not acceptable when it's a team that I don't right. root for. But I See, just, if the Knicks were doing this, I would have no problem with it because it's the Nets. Now, do you, you want to know what I want? I want them to fail. Oh, absolutely. I ultimately want them to fail because it's funny I, to me. I want them to fail too, but I appreciated LeBron is, James winning in Cleveland more so than correct, when he went to Miami. Correct. But that's what I'm saying is I can't stand the constant criticism of the Yankees buying championships, buying championships. This is what that is. You you went out and you signed all-stars to max contracts. You signed other all-star, former all-stars to be the role players to decent contracts. What what about this is homegrown talent? Anybody but the Nets. Anybody but the Nets, Nick Ailes? I agree with all that, uh, especially with the point where uh, you'd like to see other teams do it. Like Giannis is in the Bucks, yeah. He's homegrown. Right. Their star. I was thinking Jimmy Butler in the Heat. While he did sign Jimmy Butler, it's not like you didn't sign anyone else right. to massive contracts. I think it's okay if you get like one big contract on a guy who like leads your homegrown 
talent, well, right? Like, I think that's what the Knicks are doing. I mean, if you look at that, the Knicks are pairing. You know, they signed a role player like Nerlens Noel. They signed Julius Randle before last season, but they got a lot of homegrown talent. I mean, you know, Mitchell Robinson, you know, R.J. Barrett, who's contributing. Obviously, quickly. Robinson is yeah, quick. Uh, yep, Emmanuel quickly. I mean, that's okay to put together a team in this free agent era, but when all your primary guys are guys that you signed to free agent deals and guys who joined forces to form a super team, that's 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 the definition of buying a championship. It just well, makes the game unfun to watch. When you, when you come in and you see, like, oh, we're playing the super team, probably going to take the L. Yeah. Why would I want to turn on that game if, if the Knicks are playing the Nets? Like, well, let's be honest, the super team's probably going to crush them. Right. Well, I don't want to watch the game. There's a lot of blowouts in the NBA. The numbers are there to back it up, especially this year. We call this Soundcheck Sports. It'll show ESPN Radio. Let me bring in Dan Orlovsky. He said... Mac Jones has the best tape as we're trying to figure out where these five quarterbacks are going to go. Well, I suppose four of the five with the exception of Trevor Lawrence at the top. But there's a, this is a case of, and I think we talked about this before with you when you joined us for What Are the Odds? But it's a case of you're, you're rooting for the fact that he went to Alabama, not necessarily the player, but the logo or the school. And sometimes you make a mistake. Here's what he said. Mac Jones has got the best tape this season out of all these college quarterbacks. The best tape. And so we often so much fall in love with like the physical traits. And I say this all the time. You have to look at quarterbacks differently than every other position when it comes to the NFL draft. When I'm taking a wide receiver early or a defensive end, like, yes, the physical is ultimately the most important thing. Like, are you six foot five and 250 pounds that run four, four, all that stuff. Like I, I need you. There is a benchmark with what you need to be physically and talent wise. The quarterback position is flipped while it's played with the body. It is clear. The most important aspect of quarterbacking is the mind. And at the end of the day, like Mac Jones's ability to think through things and know what to do with the football. And then also he is very, very, very talented. He's surrounded by elite talent that Alabama and a handful of other schools have. Others do not. Of course, he's going to look better whether he can think the game through or not. Could you imagine Trey Lance? Look at the physical tools are there. Mm-hmm. Imagine surrounding him with the Alabama weapons. It's it's a football factory. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah. I mean, look. I mean, it's, it, look. Your your collegiate career, what you do in college, doesn't necessarily reflect what you do in the NFL. Of course. I mean, look at Tom Brady. Uh, college career, not much to talk about. Becomes the greatest. You know, one of the greatest, if not the greatest of all time. But you look at, you know, a guy like Brady Quinn, came out of the University of Notre Dame. Greg McElroy came out of Alabama. Mm-hmm. They were talked about heading into the NFL draft. Neither one of them had a particularly prosperous NFL career. So. I'm not saying pump the brakes on Mac Jones. I'm not saying he's not going to be good. I'm not either. But, but yeah, of course, when you have shiny toys around you, you know, you're going to play better. Is Zach Wilson the real deal? Yes or no? You don't have to expand. Yes or no? Because he's going to your Jets, more than likely. Yeah, I think so. You think he's got all the tools? I think as long as the Jets don't screw him up, he's got all the tools. It's not just the physical, it's the mental. You're good with that, too? I'm good with it. You're good with that, too. You heard it here first. I don't have a choice anymore. (laughs) This is is what we're going to get. Are are you cool with that, or did you want Darnold back? Uh, I mean, I have my opinions. I don't think Darnold was given a fair shake, but... um, 100% 100% know, right think, opinion. I don't think Darnold was 100% given a, right opinion. Should have given him another year. But now, yeah. But now, 
that's a moot point. We got to move on. You're also a Jets fan, and you think so too. Oh my God, I was on the team. I was on Team Sam the entire yeah. time. I thought if you gave him, you can't become a successful NFL quarterback if half your snaps are you on the ground. Right. Thank you can't, you. You, and you can't. And if Adam Gase is your coach and your organization <laughs> is a Mickey Mouse organization, they needed a clean when, house. When your your coach's best plays are two one yard gains up the middle and a screen plat, pass on third and eight, you're not going to win games. Uh, and, and I and I've said this to you before. Uh, Rain, look at Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. He was on the run every play, running for his life. He did not look particularly great, and he's one of the best in the game. If he, if not the best in if the not game, the best clearly. in the game. Sam Darnold had no chance in New York. Yeah, they had to build a system around Josh Allen if they were going to expect him to keep progressing to right. where he is now, and he's in the upper echelon of quarterbacks. Uh, I threw one out there for you for the Bills Mafia. I, I got a mock draft for everybody. Are you ready? I'm, I can tell you real simple. In my top ten picks are all BPA. Best player available. That's who she should take. Mm-hmm. We think. Let's yeah. do it. It's, it's there's so many, and they're all over the place. And I've just had enough. I just want the draft to get here. Yeah. And that's the last thing I'll say about that. We're gonna take a quick break. Come back. Mike McAllister with Syracuse on SI is with us next on ESPN Radio and the Sportzilla Show. The Sportzilla Show with Rain and Matt, masters of the obvious. You know, we've We've all been through a lot lot these past past several months. months. We've We've shut shut down and people have lost their businesses, lost their livelihoods. The Sportzilla Show. What normal are you talking about? Talking about normal, like back in March. On ESPN Radio, ESPN, and twitch.tv slash QSportsTalk. We call this segment Masters of the Obvious. Uh, for all intents and purposes, it is a phone conversation with the one and only Mike McAllister from Syracuse on SI on the Accelerate Sports Complex phone line. So the lead is, is very simple. Jim and Jimmy Beheim and the transfer heard around the world, at least for Q's fans. But I want to make that our last question because I know you're full and ready to go and unleash the beast <laughs> point by point, Mike. But I got a couple of other orders of business I want to ask you about first, if I could, because I want to give you the longest amount of time to respond to, well, what we've all read on the Internet the past couple of days. Tyrell Richards, Transfer Portal, what do we need to know? Well, I think this is simply a situation where he saw that, that playing time um, wasn't really on the, um, on the docket for him. Um, you know, Syracuse has some good young linebackers. Uh, Mikel Jones is there. Um, you know, they, they've got a, a backup behind him in, in um, Sparrow that I really like and um, a bunch of really good young linebackers, Stephon Thompson, Marlo Wax. And, you know, Richards just couldn't really find a spot that clicked. He played a little defensive end. He played a little linebacker. He was really good on special teams. But if he wants significant snaps to de- on defense, it just wasn't going to happen here. And so I, I think this is – him looking for an opportunity where he's going to have a chance to start. And even if he doesn't, he's going to be in the rotation and see the field much more frequently than he was. I really think that's what this is about. You know, there's, there wasn't any uh, issues with him as far as in the locker room or um, anything like that. There, there weren't any issues, you know, as far as his relationship with the coaching staff. I think this is just a, you know what, um, I'm getting to the point where I've been here a few years and I'm ready to play. Mike, I, I got kind of a two-parter for you, and, and it kind of speaking of transferring, you know, we, we saw the news today that uh, Robert Braswell is, is transferring to Charlotte to join the 49ers. Um, so kind of a, a two-parter. From the Syracuse standpoint, you know, he was a really well-liked guy in the locker room towards the end of the year, started to see, you know, get, get more minutes. Um, Buddy Beheim, you know, spoke highly of him in, in March Madness. Um, you know, how difficult of a loss is it for Syracuse, you know, to, to lose him as a potential player? But... Also, 
was this the right move for him, do you think, going to a, a smaller non-Power 5 conference school? Well, anytime you lose a guy who's, you know, he's he's very athletic. Uh, I, I'm not sure people realize that. And he can really shoot very well liked in the locker room. So, you know, whenever you lose a guy like that, obviously it's going to hurt you in some respect. But, uh, you know, the, the truth is he's not a guy that you were going to count on to play 25-plus minutes a game all season next year. And, and he's had his, his share of injury issues, and that certainly plays a part in it. But, um, you know, so it, it's a little bit of a loss, but I think they've done a nice job at rebuilding their, their front court caps um, and have probably upgraded with a couple of guys. As far as his landing spot, I know a lot of people were like, oh, I'm surprised he didn't go to another, you know, high major type of program and said went to a mid-major. But, you know, I don't think he's looking to play a role where he's the fourth or fifth forward, you know, and, and is battling for even 10 to 15 minutes a game. I think he wants to go to a spot where he's got the best opportunity to start and to play, you know, potentially 30 minutes a game where he's got that opportunity. And so at a place like Charlotte, I think that gives him the best chance to realize that kind of a role. So I do think it's a good fit for him. Um, I do think he can play at a high major school. I'm just not sure that he's going to be able to play the type of minutes that he wants at a high major school. Mike McAllister with Syracuse NSI is here with us on ESPN Radio and the Sports Hill Show. You had a conversation with Eric Dungy and tell us one highlight and then let everybody know where to find the full interview because then it's time to unleash the beast on the Bayheims. Uh, the interview with Eric Dungy is up on allsyracuse.com right now. You can go find it on there. Um, but uh, one of the, the main highlights was um, you know him talking about the, the transition from – Scott Schaefer being fired to Dino Babers coming in and, you know, sort of how, you know, ticked off and frustrated he was when Schaefer got fired. He thought very highly of Schaefer. He thought that they were, um, you know, sort of a year or two away from really turning it around. And then um, at the same time, um, expressing how fortunate he was that Dino was the guy that came in to replace Coach Schaefer because of how well they clicked and obviously the success that they ended up having. So that was kind of interesting. And then the other thing I'll note from that interview is that he has uh, such a, a high regard for the Syracuse community. And he says, you know, once this pandemic and, and, and stuff gets uh, in the rearview mirror that he plans on coming back and um, giving back to the community, including holding uh, football camps here in the area uh, every year. So I think that's that's a pretty cool thing, and it kind of speaks to the type of person he is um, in addition to being a really good football player for Syracuse. I enjoyed reading the article uh, when I was having some coffee this morning. Mike McAllister, now it is time, point by point, uh, deconstruct the narrative about Jimmy transferring to play with his father, Jim, and alongside his brother at Syracuse, of course, coming over from Cornell with one more year. Uh, you said it best right before we get on the air, but I know you'll start there and then unpack the rest. Yeah, there seems to be kind of a thought that the only reason Jimmy is here is because he's a Bayheim, And, you know, I, I think we kind of saw that argument with Buddy get completely dismantled by Buddy's play. And with Jimmy, if, if you take the last name away and just look at the player, you got a 6'9", 230-pound uh, forward who has good low post moves. He's a solid rebounder, averaged almost 17 points a game um, at the, in, in the Ivy League. And you know, so you've got a guy that's three years of experience, good size. Um, I, I don't think that there's anyone, if, if his name was Bob Jones instead of Jimmy Beheim, would have any issue with, 
with him coming over. And in fact, I think a lot of a lot of people would be very excited about that player coming in. Instead, there's a narrative, and I, I think this started when when Buddy and Joe Girard were both struggling last season. That you know, the, the Jim, the head coach, is only playing uh, Buddy because it's his son, and then Joe because it's his son's best friend. And I think the way that they played down the stretch of the season, Joe got better. It seemed the further he got away from the COVID issue, same with Buddy. I think we can put that that narrative to rest. Now, that doesn't mean that you aren't allowed to have some concerns about next year's roster. You know, there's there's some concerns about are they going to have enough uh, foot speed? Are they going to have a guard that can get by people? Do they need one more player, you know, at the forward spot and one more player in the backcourt just to be safe in case there's an injury? You know, th- there's some legitimate concerns. How, how well will they gel together since there's so many new pieces? And that includes – you know, playing together in the zone. I get some of those concerns, but the narrative that uh, Jimmy Jr. is only here because his last name is Beheim certainly that helped in the recruitment of him, but that doesn't change the fact that he's good enough to play here. And I think he's proved that uh, not only with his play overall at Cornell, but also with the way that he's played in the dome when, when he was playing against Syracuse, you know, scoring 25 points in one game. And the first shot he ever made in his, in his college career was a three pointer against Syracuse. And, um, you know, so I think that narrative needs to be put to rest and we can start talking about legitimate basketball concerns with the roster and not whether or not players are only here because they happen to be related to the head coach. Mike, I got to say, you got me with the Bob Jones. My eighth grade social studies teacher was named Bob Jones. And he's actually one of the assistant coaches of Utica College football now. So that was awesome. Um, my question is, though, you know, obviously there's a lot there is still a lot of excitement for a lot of people with Jimmy joining the fold. And and obviously the story, you know, the, the family affair. But, you know, this is big bro. We're talking about joining the fold. You know, Buddy's established himself at Syracuse. Obviously, you know, the legend that is his father, Jim Beheim. Do you think there might be a little bit of an awkward adjustment period for him to come into something that, you know, his dad and his younger brother had already established? Or do you think that's only going to help him be more comfortable right away? Well, it could minimize some of that. But, yeah, I mean, sure, there's there's some dynamics there that they're going to have to work through, right? You know, it's it's easy to say, oh, how cool is it to play with my brother and, and my dad? But, of course, there, there could be some awkwardness the first time Jimmy makes a mistake in practice and, um, you know, Jim senior yells at him or, um, you know, the first time that, that buddy's trying to correct Jimmy in terms of where you need to be in the zone or whatever the case is, or, you know, where you are in an offensive set, those types of things certainly can be awkward if they allow them to be. But here's the good news during the entire summer, Jimmy and buddy can work together, Buddy can help Jimmy, you know, as far as some of the zone things go. And, um, you know, the head coach happens to be at the dinner table every night, which helps as well. Um, you know, so they can work through some of that. And I can't imagine that, that they made this decision without having some of those conversations. And, um, you know, from everything that we've heard, Buddy is not treated any differently in practice than the other players are. He gets yelled at and scolded by the head coach or the assistant coaches if he makes mistakes at, at different times. And I have to imagine that part of the conversation with Jimmy is, um, you know, from from Jim Sr., listen, I'm going to yell at you if you you screw up, just like I do everybody else. I'm going to give you the same treatment as I do them. When we're at practice, we're at a game, I'm not dad, I'm coach. And and so, um, 
you know, they'll work through a lot of that. I don't think that'll be an issue that'll linger throughout the season, but I do think there could be, you know, some initial awkwardness uh, when that dynamic starts off. Mike, thanks for taking the call. Whenever we reach out to you, really appreciate it. It'll happen again very soon. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks for the time. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. The one and only Mike McAllister with Syracuse on SI. Nice enough to join us on the SportsZilla Show. It's ESPN Radio. And we got Molly Walker with the New York Post and the sports department specifically covering the Rangers and the Islanders. But she hears some things, and we'll talk to her next. A special treat for our special co-host on Mike, too. That's all next. Hang on. The SportsZilla Show. No dropped passes. No fumbles. This is the perfect receiver. Oh, did you see that hit? Boom! You're supposed to wear your mask over your nose. It's the SportsZilla Show with Rain and the Glue Guy. Matt on ESPN Radio. <laughs> and twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. The, the Glue Guy, Matt Page, out today. So we have filling in on Mike 2, Spencer Davidson, and Mike 3, the one and only Nick Ells with a You're Killing Me small shirt on today. So listen, it's a Comets Crunch game day. It is Empire Recycling Galaxy Cup today. Syracuse and Utica with a three-way throwdown, and we kind of went Utica already. So we, I thought to myself, I got Spencer in here. You cover both of these teams as a sports director for WKTV, but you are, as am I, a massive New York Rangers fan. So I'm like, hmm, <laughs> since you're going to be in here, why don't we reach out to Molly Walker? It's been a minute, and she does a great job covering the Islanders and the Rangers for the New York Post. For so, sure. lo and behold, take a wild guess who happens to be on the phone right now. Larry Brooks? <laughs> Larry Brooks? No, no, we're going with Molly Walker. Molly, thanks for joining us again. It's really great to talk to you. How are you? I'm good. I think Larry might have been a better option, but no. I'm honored that you still want me. <laughs> no, I've, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I have reached out to you a few times and you've talked to us. I've never reached out to Larry, so we're going to go with you. You're going to be <laughs> our joke. connection. And you know, we have a thing here, too. And this is no disrespect to Larry, no, but you're you're newer to the game, and we want to celebrate the women in sports, specifically in journalism. <laughs> hey, you're you're down there messing with with these guys, and you're holding your own, and actually kicking butt, in my my humble opinion. So we'd rather talk to you if that's all right. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. That's right. I have four daughters. We got to empower the ladies when we get the chance. Spencer, first question is yours. Well, Molly, I mean, uh, you know, as someone who who grew up a a Rangers fan, um, you know, my dream was always to cover the New York Rangers. So I just I wanted to know from from your perspective, because I think did you didn't you grow up in that New York metro sports area? Is that correct? I think. Yes, you are. correct. So so to. You, then you went to, to UMass for college, and now you mm-hmm. come back out of college, and you're covering the New York sports teams. I mean, just from a human standpoint, how special is it to be in the position you're in and to cover teams that you, know, you grew up watching, hearing about, um, and now you're right in the thick of that? Well, it definitely doesn't feel like a job, and it definitely feels like a dream that I get to do this every day and and make a paycheck off of it for sure. And and like you said, growing up in this area, and and my family has always been avid readers of the New York Post in particular. I know my uh, great uncle Marshall, who I never had a chance to meet, obviously. Um, apparently, he was a very dedicated, very, very passionate reader of the New York Post and the New York Post book sports section in general. And and my family always likes to joke that he's rolling over in his grave every time I get my name on the back page or or break a story or any sort of thing like that, that he would 
know that he has a family member that now is currently employed by them and working for the sports section, no less. So it, it is definitely very special to me. And like I said, it really doesn't feel like a job. And I'm sure a lot of people probably agree with that. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Spen- and you do a great job, too. So Spencer, what Thank are the you. numbers on Artemi Patter- Panarin on bread? Uh, you want to talk about, I just it's one word, elite. Uh, it's it's unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, right now, you know, obviously he was out, you know, for, for a period of time, um, you know, with the whole issue. Coming, the, the reports coming out of Russia. Um, but 1.53 points per game right now. The only guy he's trailing in that category in the NHL, a guy by the name of Connor McDavid. And you just don't see you numbers just, like that in the NHL him. anymore. So I, I, I get, my question from there is, you know, Molly, I mean, you're, you're covering this guy every day. You're talking to him. I mean, how special of a player is this guy? I mean, how, how just a sense of seeing him play every day. How lucky are Rangers fans to see this guy play every day? I mean, when you look at a guy that's making over $11 million a year and you think that it's a, 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 a discount, I think <laughs> that um, that speaks for itself. I think, you know, he signed one of the largest, the largest uh, deal in Rangers history. And, and to think that it was a bargain, um, I think that that really just is self-explanatory by itself. But it really is a pleasure to watch him every night. He is a very special type of player and he holds himself very accountable. And, you know, the other night uh, he was talking about they are on this really nice win streak here and and they've been doing really well against the Devils and they're really keeping competitive in the playoff spot. And he said he was only 90% happy and I remember my colleague Larry Brooks did follow up and said Artemi what do you mean that you're not 90% you're only 90% happy and he said well you can never be 100% happy and that 10% is we want a Stanley Cup and that hasn't happened yet so his eyes are on the prize and you know the Stanley Cup is something that the Rangers really haven't spoken a lot about this year because you know right now a big goal for them is just making the playoffs in general and that was kind of their their you know bar setting goal at the beginning of the season to begin with. So the fact that Artemi Panarin was one of the first players to really mention that, yes, the the Stanley Cup is still on their radar and that they are still working towards that, you know, says a lot about him as a leader and he wears that A for a reason. And he really has brought a lot to the team, the locker room. And it, it's just been so much fun to watch him on the ice. He makes a lot of, pl- a lot of players look really silly sometimes. <laughs> Molly Walker with the New York Post is with us on the Sports Hill Show. It's ESPN Radio and the Accelerate Sports Complex phone line is wide open. All right. I want to talk goalies really quick. And then I, I need to know if she's paying attention around the newsroom okay. as we explore some other right. New York area sports. But let's talk going from Lundquist, Spencer to Shesterkin and how lucky this organization is to have a goalie of this caliber follow up the king. Yeah. And well, and, and also, I mean, Molly, you know, just. Have we are we seeing right now the full potential of Shesterkin? Because we know he had his his struggles earlier on in the season, and he had his injury. So, are we now seeing that the the potential of what we came to expect uh, as he was coming up through the ranks? I definitely think that the start to this season was a little bit rocky for him for a lot of reasons. I think that he was riding such a high when he was officially called up last season and he put together a tremendous record. You know, he lost, I think, only two games and a tremendous save percentage and goals against average. And he just really rose exceeded expectations, I would say. But I think coming into this season, knowing how well he did in that little cameo last season, 
and knowing that this is it, there is no more Henrik Lundqvist, you know, he's not around anymore, there is no safety net, this the starting job is staring him in the face, I think that's why he kind of got tripped up a little bit in the beginning, and then there are the small issues about his durability, he has had a couple of groin issues and, and lower body injuries and things like that, and I'm not saying that's something to be overly concerned about, but it is definitely something that's on everybody's radar, but I think that since he came back from the groin injury and since David Quinn has made it a point that he is going to ride him going forward, he really has risen to the occasion and he has definitely found his footing and is starting to get more comfortable. But I also think the Rangers are starting to play better in front of him. The whole start to the season for the Rangers was kind of a bumpy ride with the veterans not playing well. It just, you know, they weren't very cohesive. There was no fluidity at all to their game. And I think that just kind of was tough. And, and knowing that, again, there is no Henrik Lundqvist as the safety net. It's just someone like Alexander Georgiev who has starting caliber abilities. And on a lot of other teams, he would probably be a starter. So knowing that he's in the wings and knowing that he's kind of hovering over him, I think that it was just you know a matter of time before he found his footing. But it definitely, he has shown that he has the ability to be the prince of the Rangers. You know, he might not be the king just yet, and there will probably only be one king for the rest of the Rangers dynasty. But I definitely think that he has started to become a starting number one goaltender for the Rangers, for sure. Molly Walker with the New York Post covering the Islanders and the Rangers, but you're you're in the newsroom, so you'd mentioned your colleague Larry Brooks, but let's look around the room. So what are the guys saying, or what are the, the, the other ladies in the room, what are they saying about, let's go with, I, I mean, we can start with the Yankees. I, I mean, this is not good. <laughs> I'm sure it's some negative stuff. Uh, but on the flip side of that, the positivity of what the New York Knicks are doing. Uh, Nick said, Nick on the air with us here said, we had to sacrifice the Yankees greatness for the Knicks to be great this year. And we're just wondering if, if they're discussing that in the room. I was just going to say that I saw a meme the other day. It was Thanos and his daughter Gamora and that scene after she after he sacrifices her and he <laughs> she says, you know, well, like, did you did you do it? And he's like, yes. And she's like, what did you what did it cost? Or like, did the did the what are the Knicks better? And he said yes. And she's like, what did it cost? And it was the Yankees. <laughs> <laughs> so that's amazing. It is so accurate. Spoiler it is alert, by the, the way. Epitome of New York sports. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> Is the um, narrative about, this is the last thing we'll ask you, about 30 seconds left, is this narrative about the Yankees a little bit premature uh, based on your opinion or what you're hearing? I think that the fact that they have come so close in the last couple of years and that they're kind of on the back end of their window, that's why I don't necessarily think it's a bad or not a uh, a normal thing to overreact a little bit yeah. to this start. Like, that's why, like, usually, you know, I'm the first person to say, like, oh, it's the sample size, it's just the beginning, like, let them get their footing, you know, also take into consideration, yes, I know it's this, like, second and a half season that they're playing under a pandemic, but, you know, it's still unusual, it's still weird circumstances, so, you know, give everybody a break, but it has been a really glaring, glaringly bad start in all aspects, not just 
just of the record, it just in the performances all around as well, aside from Garrett Cole, of course. But I mean, it's, but that's the thing, you know, you have a guy like Garrett Cole and yes, he's signed on for a huge contract and they'll have him for a while, but their window is definitely on, on the back end right now. So I don't blame people for being a little bit more weary than they probably would be if this was a normal season and, you know, it wasn't, you know, normal circumstances and such like that. But it is definitely very unfortunate to see. But I guess, you know, like we said, at least the Knicks are on the up. You know, if we're going to trade one <laughs> for the other. All right, I'll give them one year pass. Sacrifice yeah. to make. <laughs> Molly, thank you. We're going to reach out again. I'll make it a little bit sooner. We talked a couple of times and then there was, a, I guess, a pandemic space in between. But yeah. let's get back at it again real soon. <laughs> and uh, you'll be hearing from us on the Sports Hill Show. Thank you so much for the time. Of course. Thanks for having me. Have a great rest of your day. Molly Walker with the New York Post covering those Rangers and Islanders. She does a damn good job. You're right, Spencer. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back on the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio with the last thing we'll say today. The SportsZilla Show with Rain and Matt. Can everyone hear me okay? Okay, well, so we've made some amazing adjustments. And, okay. Here's the last thing we'll say today on ESPN Radio, ESPN, and twitch.tv slash QSportsTalk. Condolences to Scottie Pippen, and I believe his wife's name, his ex-wife's name is Larsa uh, Antron Pippen. His 33-year-old son passed away. That's terrible, un- unfortunately, so keep Scottie Pippen in your thoughts and prayers. Najee Murray and Ebony Walker, by the way, have been a couple of recent additions as the Syracuse women's basketball roster starts to take shape. Uh, we all did hear, what do you go to Charlotte, right? Braswell went to Braswell Charlotte. We talked Charlotte. about that a little bit earlier. Jalen Suggs, number three overall prospect, has declared out of Gonzaga for the NBA draft. Julius Randle of the New York Knicks is player of the week. Just a few things that well I thought were... Well earned. Well earned. Uh, a few things I thought were worth a mention. Mm. Yeah, because, uh, you know, sports cliches and stuff. <laughs> Spencer, it's been good to hang with you in studio. You're going to join us for Oddsmakers tomorrow on the phone, at least for the one segment, right? Absolutely. I'll try to make sure my connection is as, uh, as good as possible, but uh, not going to be as crystal clear as here, I can tell you that. So, just come in. Just, yeah. Just, just I come could. Uh, yeah, I could. You're welcome. You're welcome anytime. It was a good hang. Nick L., same man. You're killing me, small shirt. Fantastic addition to the studio today. Thanks for uh, joining us and ripping Pauly Sebelius' team that was awesome. I just it cost me my job, but I, it was worth it. I regret to inform you. Yeah, you have five minutes left. Um, to get in, then you're done. So he fired you. That's it. Sports Illustrated show done for the day. See you tomorrow at two. You're on the block with Brent X next on ESPN Radio.